1: Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer are making a combined $86.6 million, I believe in salary uh, for the 2023 major league baseball season, which I think either equals, maybe even slightly exceeds. And if not, it comes just fractionally short. And I mean like by like uh, uh, a couple hundred grand and what the entire Cincinnati Reds baseball team is making uh, payroll wise for the 2023 season. But, Cincinnati Reds just took two out of three from the New York Mets in Great American Ballpark. Um, we are coming at you on the evening of May 11th. That's Thursday, May 11th, 2023. Got to check my days around here. Got a lot going on in life these days. Um, pretty entertaining series. Uh, back-to-back one-run games. Uh, Reds took a big lead in the first one, held on to win 7-6 in the initial one. Uh, lost 2-1 to one in a pretty fun matchup between Justin Verlander and Hunter Green in Game 2. Um, and then today came out and just blew the doors off Cody Singa. Uh, put up five runs early, uh, well, four runs early, and then a late Spencer Steer home run, uh, and a bullpen day. And Ben Lively, old friend Ben Lively, picked up the win, um, to get the Mets out of town and turn the Reds into a what 12 and nine home record so far through the first 21 games of the season. So, positivity Ima- imagine that positivity among the the still odd shuffle that the reds have going on with the roster with their starting rotation um defense is pretty poor absolutely nobody can hit runs but they're finding ways to win in great american which is at least a fun hill to die on with this team for the time being so i'm wick this is the latest episode of walks will hunt we'll talk about that a little bit tonight but we're also having a really hard time not talking about um What's kind of peering over the shoulder of the current Reds roster right now? Because what's going on at AAA Louisville is uh, – well, let's let's, let's let's back that up just one second. BK is joining me tonight. Um, Arf, the Arkansas Reds fan, joining me tonight also. Um, before I get too far ahead of myself, um, it's been so incredibly long since the Louisville Bats have been good at all. The way the Cincinnati Reds operate their minor league system has been strange for years – None of their franchises have really, or not franchises, none of their affiliates have really won much of anything for years and years and years. Winning games has not really ever been a priority in the development system in terms of stashing all their players in one big group and letting them go out and win games together. That's a little bit different this year. And the lineup at AAA Louisville is probably as potent as we've ever seen a minor league lineup be, at least in the modern history of the Cincinnati Reds. And they're crushing the ball and they are taking every opportunity to show us that the current roster of the Cincinnati Reds is about to get overhauled. And it might happen as soon as like this weekend, as far as I'm concerned. So let's jump right in there. Um, BK, A, how you doing, buddy? And B, what are your thoughts on what you're seeing from Ellie Della Cruz and Christian and Strand and Matt McLean and Andrew Abbott and the litany of really good baseball <laughs> that's being played at Louisville right now?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, uh, yeah, doing well. But uh, yeah, Louisville it, – it, it's funny that we are talking about just like how exciting the bats are to watch, but they're 16-19 and 19 after a win today. So, <laughs> they're still
1: like, win, right? you know, yeah.
0: like it's <laughs> – even with like some of the most exciting AAA players I feel like we've had in the system since – I mean, I'm trying to think of the last time we had – this many guys who were, like, it, it's almost like Jay Bruce days is kind of, is what it almost reminds me of, which, hey, if that turns out, then I'll, I'll take it, but, you know, just those three in the middle of the lineup, batting two, three, and four for the bats right now is just, it's, like, electric, and it, I mean, it, it almost begs the question of, like, all three of those guys could be would fit right into the Cincinnati reds lineup tomorrow, as far as from an offensive standpoint, whether, whether or not you have a place for them to play, whether or not they have, um, you know, a role, uh, that might be another story, but at the same, like all three of those guys, I think deserve a shot at the big league level at this point. Um, you know, you have all three of like, so if you, uh, one one stat that I just looked up, um, so the three of them combined at AAA so far this year have 26 home runs. McLean has 12, and Carnacion Strand has eight, and Ellie has six. How guess how many home runs the entire Cincinnati Reds team has to, the, at this point?
1: <laughs> does that does that count tonight? Because all three of them are tonight also. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah it, it, it counts tonight. It counts tonight. But then, um, the, the Reds have what, tw- 21, 22, something like that. It's uh 20, uh, 28 Spencer 20? steer hit 28 today. So 28. barely, barely above yeah. the, uh, those, just those three guys. And so it's like you, I, I think that we're just, we're due for that jolt of energy here in Cincinnati, you know, attendance hasn't been great. Let's, you know, start packing them into the ballpark and give you know give the fans here in Cincinnati something to something to hold on to a little bit. So, Arf,
1: I know you're a huge fan of Kevin Newman and Will Myers and uh, uh, Stuart Fairchild and uh, the rest of the players on the current Cincinnati Reds roster. Um We talk about bringing up Ellie De La Cruz, Christian Inconacio, and Strand and Matt McLean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's going to have to be some some obvious churn to make some room for these guys. Uh, what what are your thoughts on on whose jobs they take? Who who are they going to go ahead and call time on uh, to make room for some of these guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, as you, as you mentioned, you know, it, it would be really hard to see see a guy like Kevin Newman go. You know, of course, he's we we joke, but he did drive in two guys today in the win. But uh, big hit today, big hit today, yes. You know that I mean that's tough because they like I mean they brought Ed Will Myer, Will Myers to kind of fill that role of you know first base or outfield and you know when you don't have uh, Tyler Stevenson playing first and stuff and um, but yeah uh, it it's getting to the point you know a couple of weeks ago like Christian and Canarcio and Strand and uh, Ellie De La Cruz were like just coming off injuries so you could see like all right. They tore it up in spring, but let's get them some at bats under their belt. And it's like Ellie has played 16 games and CES has played or sorry, Ellie's played 18 and CES has played 16, and they just have not stopped hitting the ball. Like, and so you're getting to the point like, okay, these other guys are just gonna have to deal with it and like they're gonna have to find places on the field for them because they're, you know, it at this point, like there's kind of no reason for them not to be called up. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have. Of like you'll, you know, Kevin Newman is the definition of roster filler at this point, while you're waiting on those guys to come up, um, you know, Will Myers had, has been good, but at, you know, he's also not the future of what this franchise, wants wants this team to be. So, Um, he's probably going to have to lose some playing time for a guy like uh, CES. So, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do. But, you know, now we're just playing the waiting game. Like when – it's not if these guys get called up soon, it's when.
1: Yeah, the the funny part to me is that, like, we look back over the history of Reds' top prospects getting called up. um, A, rarely if ever was there more than one who was ready at at any given time. You know, we we, we had – Uh, Drew Stubbs are waiting to take over center field at one point in time. Um, You know, Zach Cozart is the shortstop of the future. Um, You know, Yonder Alonzo coming up, but where are we going to play him? Because he plays the same position as Joey Votto. Um, You know, back in the Reds' day of the previous era, um, Brandon Phillips, second base, second base only. Billy Hamilton even, center field, center field only. Joey Votto, first base, first base only. Um, You look at where the, the AAA roster is, these guys can all play multiple spots. There's a DH in the National League now, which there wasn't the last time when they were calling up multiple prospects. Um, the, the permutations for how you fit Ellie and CES and McLean in are basically endless. You know, I mean, Ellie's right. like a for for most people uh, as good as he's been at shortstop. The idea of him playing center field is kind of exciting. I think he could totally do it, and the more ground he can cover out there, I think the better he can showcase some of his skills. Matt McLean's played first, second, or second uh, shortstop, and third. He's played center field in college. Encarnacion Strand, not the best third baseman in the world, but a first baseman can also DH. There's nobody on the big league roster. You can literally pick any three guys, move them off, add these straight, get three guys up. And the versatility that currently exists on the big league roster could adapt accordingly. You know, not that all these guys are really going to be around long term potentially, but Will Myers can move. He can play first base and all over the outfield. Nixon Zell can play everywhere. Um Jose Barrero can play center field and shortstop. He's done that often already this year. Um you know the, the the ways to get this roster better aren't pigeonholed with one player who's taking the spot of another and you don't know what to do with them and you can't make the roster move because you you know Uh, somebody's blocking center field for good subs and you got to wait. Like that's not the case with any of these guys. And that's probably the most intriguing part about it because there's nothing preventing them from making any of these moves.
0: Right. I mean, and these are all offensive players too. So you have the DH. So that's another spot where, you know, even if guys aren't going to be starting in the field every day, you can get one of those guys at bats. You can, and, It's I mean, when was the last time the Reds actually had threats off the bench? So like if you're (laughs) rotating these guys, like who, who wants to see Ellie de la Cruz come up in the eighth inning with runners on second and third? Uh, I don't, if I'm an opposing pitcher. So it's like you, you actually can give yourself options even on top of just like, here's the nine guys we're going to put out every day. And I, you know, there's no good reason that this isn't at least closer. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I would love to see, though, has any team ever promoted three offensive <laughs> prospects like at the same time? At the same time, just in a way. I mean, because like, especially like these dudes are like, I, I love just the camaraderie that all three of them have together. <laughs> it's like you can tell that they just like get along super well. They They like each other. You know, like, why not bring that up and that just let that kind of simmer? But yeah, it's like it it seems like it would be a very unprecedented move. Do do you know how many
2: crazy is like so? It's May 11th. I was going to start off with this just to like talk shit on the Cardinals, but it's May 11th. (laughs) The Reds are three and a half games ahead of the Cardinals in the division, they're only four and a half out of first, and like. The way these guys are hitting compared to the way like some the rest of the rosters hit this season, you could make the argument that with these three guys in the lineup, the Reds are contending for first place right now in the division. Just with how <laughs> weak the NL Central is, and they're just still. I mean, obviously the the other two that I mentioned, like they were hurt to start of the season, so obviously there was going to be a delay in calling them up. But like Matt McClain is hitting 350 in AAA right now and has what, 12 home runs, something like that.
1: And he went like 0 and, for 22 in like a like a five-day window at some point to start the season also. And yeah. it's still posting right. these absurd numbers. And um, and
2: Ellie started his time off the DL like 1 for 21 or something like that, and he's already got 278 average, 345 on base percentage in, in only 18 games. And that yeah. was with that 1 for 21 start. So, like, yeah, yeah I, I don't understand it either.
0: Yeah. I don't know what they're looking for out of these guys at this point. That's like, Hey, we just need to see Matt McClain do X like, no, there's dudes hitting three fifty. Like let's put him on the roster. Like let's, let's figure this out. Cause yeah, I totally agree with your point. Arf like let's like if there might be a window to actually compete for the division this year, you know, why not, why not at least try with, You know, you don't have to spend money. You don't have to go make big trades. You can just, you know, go with the guys you got. And even though the Reds like cut payroll, they are like, all right, we're just going to be poor and bad. And they've got the charts that they're showing off to prove how, how they can't contend. These, these players are like, fuck that. We can contend. Let's go. And and the, and, thing, and the thing is, like, what they
1: do with the pitching staff, like, I, I think I've mentioned this off and on for, like, the last – well, since Matt McLean got drafted. Matt McLean and Hunter Green are the exact same age. They were born on the same exact day in 1999. And you look at what the Reds did with the pitching staff this year, which is what? Sign, like, no veterans whatsoever, no innings eaters, nobody to protect the young guys on the staff, and they're just rolling out the young guys and say, here, get your big league experience – to see them do that with pitching, but then on the hitting side, be like, no, no, Kevin Newman's going to gonna get some time so you can learn how to do this yourself. Like, it it doesn't make any sense to me because, like, the, the entire history of us watching not just this franchise, but all franchises, has been the inverse. It's been, you know, kid gloves on the pitchers and bring them along slowly. And, you know, when it, the time comes to let the prospects play on, on the offensive side, you let them play. And they sorted out down the road. It's like the Reds have done the inverse of that. And uh, I, for McLean specifically, I, I don't think there's any excuse anymore because the positions he plays, and we haven't even talked about the fact that the Reds are still carrying three catchers despite the fact that none of their catchers are hitting. Um, you know, there's an obvious roster spot. Even if you don't want to shake anything else up by just saying, "Hey, Kirk Casale, you're going from backup catcher to to still backup catcher," uh, Luke Bailey. Here's a million dollars guaranteed you got this year. See you later. Um, and then suddenly Matt McLean's just in the mix. And, you know, Tyler Stevenson, yeah, we, we we did our best to protect you in terms of how much we can get out of you so far this year. But it's been 30 however many games, and there's no reason we should be basically killing a roster spot to make sure that you can get in the lineup in other spots if you're not going to hit. Um, I'm just looking at it right now. I mean, obviously, it's not all Tyler Stevenson's, Uh, doing behind these numbers I'm mentioning here. Um, But it serves the same point uh, that that the Reds could add offense whenever they want to. The Reds rank second to last in all of major league baseball from their designated hitters with one home run so far this year. Um, Their 066 ISO is also second to last. Their DHS so far this year are slugging 313, also second to last. Um, You know, carrying a third catcher and also getting nothing out of your designated hitter. It's like, you're playing with two hands tied behind your back every single time you go out there and you've got three guys in AAA who are ready, you know, it's, I um, mean,
0: it it seems like Nick crawl just has his hands tied behind his back. Right. It's like, (laughs) I don't like, he's not watching like the guys on the field. Right. It's like it, we can look at the, you know, we can look at the baseball reference page and see, Oh, look, look how, how all of these guys rank in the, like the positions rank throughout the throughout major league baseball. And it's like, at some point you just got to like start taking chances with this team. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's just so frustrating. The, uh,
1: the idea that, you know, this season is a lost season anyway, and nothing was expected from this team anyway. I, I there's a part of me that wonders and it's almost in a morbid way, but I almost wonder if there's a part of the front office that says, yeah, they're all excelling right now, but we want to see them fail a little bit at AAA and how they respond to that before they
0: come up. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely a very devil's advocate. It's an like, old school way of thinking, the, you know, yeah, it is. And if there's anything that the reds have been accused of, over it's, the last couple of years, it's being way too old school. Way so, too old school. So, like, that's that's the ask, one thing I can
1: think of because, like, Kyle, I feel like – Ask Kyle Bodie about that. Like, I feel like all three of these guys would have been regular starters for the Marlins uh, in September of last year. You know, like, the Braves would have signed two of them to extensions by now. Um, like, teams but, don't use AAA and don't use the age 23 to 25 seasons – the way that the reds do. And it's, you know, uh it's not a service time issue. I don't think, you know, they, they showed their hand with Jonathan India bringing it up they from day one, that, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, they're, they're doing it with yeah. the pitchers. They're getting those guys up. I don't think it's a service time thing. I just, there's a part of me that makes me think that like, they literally are waiting to see these guys fail for a little bit and how they adjust accordingly before they then call them up and say, Oh, well, these guys know how to fail and how to fix it. As opposed to just saying, they're hot they're good they're young there's a reason why we wanted them there's a reason why we 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 uh, signed them while we drafted them first round while we traded Tyler Malley
0: Tyler Malley for them. um right. but and it's and like yeah and why totally. you know it's like but you have like even if you want to see them fail and let them fail at the big league level like you know let them actually get their licks and if hey if they struggle at the big league level you can send them right back to Louisville other like it it doesn't seem like a sacrifice worth making to get Kevin Newman's bad in the lineup. Speaking it's, of
1: Kevin Newman, uh, or Jose-
0: Henry Ramos or any of the, like Luke Maley, any of these guys that are basically holding a roster spot from the three at Louisville. Arf, uh, did they do that
1: with Jose Barrero? <laughs> did they bring him up to the big lease and say, Yeah, maybe you, maybe you'll fail here because you never failed anywhere else before. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, so yeah, so if they yeah. can do it with him,
2: why not do it with anybody else on the roster, right? Right, yeah, that right. and like, and who knows if this is what the the approach the Reds are taking on. You just kind of threw that out there, but like, we've kind of just listed off times where they have failed at a and bounced back. You know, you mentioned McLean had the 0 for 22 streak, I mean, that's a short, you know, pretty small sample, but like, that's that's a cold streak, you know, and Ellie starting the season one for 21. I mean, Andrew Abbott last season moved up to triple a and, or double a and did not do very well. Right. Um, And then figured it out in the off season and moved up to triple a and just, just kept right on from where, you know, obviously not striking out 15 guys a game like he was in Chattanooga this season, but <clears throat> he's still, you know, he's only given up five runs and three starts so far in Louisville. So, um, so yeah, that we kind of have instances of these guys failing in the minor leagues and then figuring it out.
1: Um, and I mean, and even in and Strand, while it wasn't necessarily "quote unquote" a failure, was the best hitter the Reds had all the spring training. Didn't get called up. Ended up with a back injury and had to sit on the sidelines for three weeks, and then came right back from that and hit like he'd never missed a beat. You know, so you know while it wasn't a failure so to speak, it was an injury and a sideline and having to sit around and watch, and he got over that really, literally so, immediately. You know, and- so
0: with the reds like hall of fame, first baseman on the shelf right now, there is a open spot at first base, basically, you know, they've, they've had guys, you know, rotating in and out of there, but they're like, it's not like Joey Votto is blocking anybody right now. So let's like, it doesn't make any, like they should have called CES up a week ago. You know, like it's, that's that's silly, so there's
1: a a slight worry I, I I would say it's a worry at this point. I'm literally looking at the uh the fangrass Reds leaderboard for wins by replacement this year, and t j Friedel is atop top of it at one point three uh entering play today they haven't updated after this, and who knows if Jonathan India might might pip him a little bit and obviously we're not you know war is not, it'll be all at all so uh, uh one decimal point is not the difference in all at this point being. T.J. Friedel has been tremendous this year. He really has been everything you could have possibly hoped for from T.J. Friedel or from any outfielder for the Reds this year. Um, tweaked his side a little bit and exited the game early today. And, you know, that's never a, a good thing because sides aren't the kind of thing that just like, you know, if you tweaked it enough to notice it and to leave a game, it's going to hurt tomorrow. And it's probably going to hurt two days from out too. Like side bustles, if they... They're either they're either good or you're kind of out for not long, but at least a little bit. They don't really just get better in like two, three days. Um, I I I hope I'm wrong about this, but there's a part of me that wonders if if Friesel is at all banged up for even just enough to maybe hit the injured list. Um, if that's the domino that starts. Some of this. And, you know, I mentioned the versatility that the Reds have all across their roster. Spencer Seer can play first base, third base. You can stick him in left field if you need to. We know Nixon Zell, who has been playing a lot of third base, can obviously play center field if TJ Friedel's out there. Um Matt McLean fits right into all of that. He really, really does. And it doesn't even require a a major shakeup, meaning sending down Jose Barrero or something to call McLean up or you know, DFA a third catcher and being like, yep, the three catcher idea didn't work. And we need to to do that. They don't even have to backtrack on anything. If Friedel's injury turns out to be something significant enough to warrant an injured list uh, move, that's, that's Matt McLean's first opportunity right there, I think. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it's not one of those things where they have to be reactionary to make what is, I hope a series of moves to get these guys on the roster Um, but with the day game today, trip down to Miami tomorrow, I I, I do wonder if this is something that we're going to see at least the first domino of these fall, uh, and the coming days rumor, rumor is that Nick crawl is in Louisville tonight We're recording on Thursday, May 11th. Again, I mentioned that earlier, um, that he's down in Louisville watching the bats game this evening, uh, where McLean homered and Ellie homered and and incarnation strand homered um incarnation strands homer is still out there i believe i think they technically estimated at 471 feet um good day for crawl to be down there watching these guys but uh i just you know not to read too much into all of this but i i do wonder if there is at least the first part of this a little bit more imminent um than it otherwise would be uh and you know not uh sorry tj and i hope you're back healthy and i hope you get a chance to to play a whole lot more this year and going forward the way you played so far this year um but it might be the move that that finally begins to unlock some of these promotions so we'll see it's um it's intriguing it's um it's fascinating and i think the part of it that that, that really stands out to me more than anything else is just how many different ways they could go and so we'll 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 see which one jumps out at them first um I guess beyond how the Reds are going to fill out their 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 the uh, hitting portion of their lineup, uh, we're trying to figure out what to deal with the pitching staff right now. um Luis Sessa got designated for assignment just kind of out of the blue earlier this week. um you know he had obviously struggled in the rotation this year. There's no denying that, but you look up at his track record, you look up at his ability to be a proven reliever, not just with the Reds but with the Yankees before that uh the reason why the reds went out and traded for him in the 2021 season the last time they really were trying to quote unquote compete uh at this thing called baseball um what are your thoughts on the decision to just go ahead and cut him or designate him and kind of move on rather than trying to move him back to the bullpen where you know that he's been a very good big leaguer before um and what that kind of means for the future of the reds rotation and bullpen going forward um or you got any thoughts on that
2: yeah um it, it was obviously strange um you know i know you touched on this and what you wrote about it the other day uh but yeah um i mean pretty much all the success he's had in his career has been out of the bullpen and you know he turned into a starter this season and it didn't you know a nine ERA and set in six starts in 26 innings is not what you want to see. So, you know, it, it was a little bit surprising, like you said, that they didn't move him straight back to the bullpen, uh, where he's been the most effective in his, you know, now seven seasons in the big leagues. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Otherwise, I mean, I, the Ben lively call up, um, he's obviously got big league experience. He's had a pretty good season in triple a. Um, so that didn't, baffled me as much because if you know they're Andrew Rabbit still only has three starts even though he's been killing it this year he still only has three AAA starts so I think they were probably one getting someone wanting to bring someone up who has a little bit more big league experience but also someone who could pitch today um, instead of having to wait till Saturday or Sunday um, to put him in um, and so yeah but otherwise like the fact that they just DFA'd him right right there instead of you know, trying him out in the bullpen was was a little bit odd. And it came what, like two days, three days, however many days it was after they traded Chase
1: Anderson to the Rays, also. So right. like yeah, I mean, yeah. like like if you're if you're if you're in a season where you admittedly spent nothing in the winter to begin to compete this year, um, you let Sessa go to the world baseball classic with Team Mexico, um, where he wasn't being used as a starter because he's not a starter. Um, and he basically made the decision to leave team Mexico in the middle of the world baseball classic to come back and try frantically to get ready to be a starter late in spring training. Um, and that didn't work. It's like, it just, it, I, I i feel like I'm missing something, you know, I'm, I'm missing something on Cesar's relationship with the front office, um, a front office who, you know, let's, let's backtrack a bit, spent nothing relatively speaking on free agents or bringing in outside talent this winter yet also picked up him in his final year of arbitration for several million dollars. Um, you know, he wasn't a, he wasn't like the rest of the guys who were minor league free agents who got promoted. Like they were paying him a couple million bucks this year. Um, and then to also let Chase Anderson go while also letting Sessa go. And then you look up and Derek Law starting today. And you're like, what for, you know, a bullpen right. game. It's, it seems like I'm, I'm just missing something. And, you know, Abbott obviously has been tremendous. And you would like to think that he's somebody who's close to getting the call up, but it still seems a little quick to jump straight to him. Brandon Williamson has been awful all year. Um, There's not pitching depth. There just there isn't pitching depth. And so to move on from a guy like Sessa completely, when in theory you could put him in the bullpen and if something goes haywire in a month, you've got him as a backup starting option. Um, I just I, I, BK. What am I missing? Like, there's there's something it seems like it's yeah. not fitting here, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I am right there with you. I I mean, the only thing I mean, I guess you have guys in the the guys that are in the bullpen are to their credit pitching well. Um, you know, you really do have a lot of guys who are contributing. I can see not wanting to kind of get rid of any of those guys. Um, but at the same time, right. I, I think the, just the, having the starting pitching depth and basically depleting it for seemingly no reason makes no sense to me, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for, for Ben lively. Um, you know, I, yeah, I want to talk about like just the Ben lively and the game today. So two things that, uh, that, that, I have been kind of checking out. So, obviously, you know, Arf, you and I wrote a lot about the minor leagues coming up with Ben Lively. He guy drafted by the Reds in the fourth round in 2013. Um, so, you know, we've covered him a lot um, coming up, but he hasn't pitched in the big league since 2019, which I didn't realize. Um, but do you remember? Either of you, who Ben Lively was traded for, I do. Was <laughs> did you just write an article about it? Uh, I,
1: I I did in the recap today, and I actually <laughs> used this picture on the front page of redreporter.com. Oh, okay, um, well,
0: yeah, the uh, the, the how much I I go to that website. So. The 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 ill fated Marlon Bird trade. That's what I was, about to say.
2: I was like. I think it was Marlon Bird, but I. I could not yeah. remember exactly but on, yeah, on New Year's on New Year's Eve 2014
1: uh, he got yeah. this ring in the new year by by getting traded to the Phillies for Marlon Byrd. Yes.
2: That that yeah. was just a few months after we just let the Pirates have him off waivers and he killed us in the Crushed wild card game. Him. Oh yeah. god, yes. Yeah. 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 So,
0: and the other thing from today's game, so um you obviously saw that um Kevin Herget got a save in today's game, right?
1: Yeah, three innings. Um, yeah, a,
0: a three inning save. When was the last time the Reds had a three inning save? Oh God, who or who was the last the the last Reds pitcher to record a three inning save? I, I, and I, I, I can tell you, he's the only pitcher to ever. Well, he's the only pitcher in the last twenty years to do it multiple times.
2: Is it GJ Antone? It is not,
0: but you're on the right track.
2: Say I I have no idea, so I'm just gonna
0: Sal Romano. Sal Romano, yes. He did it twice in twenty nineteen. 2019 so.
1: seems so long ago, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I had a number yeah. of different it levels. Seems like yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. God bless, Sal Romano. But uh, I shout out Sal Romano for for making the Walksville Will Hunt podcast today. That that that's tremendous content. Good call, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's, like, what that's what I'm here for.
1: Like I, I would love, I would love for Ben Lively to to show up and be the the Tim Adelman of this team and just you know, get 120 innings between now and the end of the year. But I look up and I say, you know, when Hunter Green and Graham Ashcraft and Nicola are all second year pitchers who didn't have full seasons last year and have had injury histories. And that's the anchor of your rotation in a year where you're not going to invest around them to try to win. Getting 140 innings out of each of them this year is like, that's like a dream scenario. That's everything going right. And you're getting 140 each out of those three guys. They're not going to be pitching in, in, in September, if that's the case. And to, to, to concede right. that, to, to have Luke Weaver whose injury history is lengthier than anybody else is uh, your next best option to get rid of Chase Anderson, to get rid of Luis Sessa, to watch Brandon Williamson, not perform, um, to know that TJ Antone and Tony Santion to, uh relievers that were former starters are also basically done for the year um i i just i look up and i say you know pardon my french who the fuck is pitching the last half of the season for this team you know i just don't know where they're going to find all those innings and so and they're
0: trading all those innings for seemingly no reason right yeah
1: (laughs) yeah anderson's
0: the guy that you want to stash in louisville and hope hope that he can give you a five era in september
1: and and it's not like those guys were making nine million bucks and you're trying to get them off the roster. They're as cheap as you could possibly find pitching for. Like you're not finding cheap pitcher for cheaper than that. Yeah. And I so I just I just don't get it. And I feel like, you know, there's just something I'm I'm missing. And maybe they're just banking on the fact that they can claim somebody else to somebody to get DFAs later on in the year and just roll them out there as if nobody's gonna notice that they're just going the scrap heap route. And not that it really matters if that's what they do. It's just it seems like a very public uh, admission that they don't care who pitches the last half of the season for them because it doesn't matter anyway. And they're beginning to make those moves already, which I just, you know, I'm just trying to read the tea leaves. That's what we do here on the Walksville will hot podcast is figure out what the hell the Reds are doing. And you know, that one just, that, that just, it confuses me on, on a number of different levels. I also feel bad for Luis because he's a good reliever, not a great reliever, but a good reliever. There's a reason why they picked him up in arbitration for two plus million bucks this year. Um, it's a contract year for him, and so to 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 be in the rotation and kind of get jerked around like that, to have to lead Team Mexico in the World Baseball Classic, which, as we all saw and cast a pot about earlier this year, was a tremendous thing to watch. He had to to leave that to go back to the Reds to be in a role that he shouldn't have been in the first place. To then get knocked around and then get designated for assignment altogether. I hope some good team picks him up, and we look up in a couple of weeks, and he's pitching, you know, sixth, seventh inning for a, a club that's trying to go somewhere this year. So, um, well, yeah, well, that's that's this week since that year's baseball. I think um, we got got the future, we got the present, we got the past. Unfortunately, I think it's sessing because I don't think there's any way he clears waivers and sticks around. Um, and that's what we're up to here at Walksville Hunt. So. Uh, for PK, for Arf, uh, I'm Wick. Thanks for, for listening to us on another episode. And we'll see um, see if we have any call-ups of note between now and when we get back together next week and, and see what the Reds are up to with uh, perhaps a little bit of a tweak of the new roster. Thanks for listening, y'all.